It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And fight down low! Kane goes for it! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a midweek edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Where we actually haven't uh, got a game to review, which is probably quite nice under the circumstances. You can see Alex Delight there in the top right-hand corner. Um, if you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify on Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And as you guys know by now, we're also live on YouTube. And first up, I've got the brilliant Anthony Costa back with me. Not Rantony tonight, but very honest as always. And how are you? I'm good, Ricky, mate. Thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's going to be a nice show. It's a really nice chilled out show. Uh, no stress from the Costa tonight. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it. No game to review or preview. Well, we are going to preview, but we won't talk about that till later. Um, we're not going to talk about the weekend and it's great. I'm really happy. It's fantastic. Yep. It's funny, isn't it? How, how uh, happy we are when Spurs don't play. Isn't it incredible? Look at the smiling face <laughs> on our screen. <laughs> Pleased to also, we've got to say, making her debut tonight. Been far, far too long. Um, we've got the brilliant Chris Paros from the proud Lily White joining us. Chris, lovely to have you here. How are was you? That my, was that my debut, Ricky, or my debut? I couldn't quite work, work it out. It was debut. I thought that was it a was great debut. pun, to be fair. <laughs> I promise you it was debut, unless my mic is doing me wonders. How are you, Chris? Lovely to yeah, have you really here. Good. It's really nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I've been far, far too long. Lovely having you on. Now, you have heard uh, this lady's next voice. Uh, if you've been, of course, listening to our shows on audio and you've been thinking, how are the women doing so well in comparison to the men? That must mean we've got the brilliant Anna from Spurs XY actually in the building on the last word on Spurs, finally with us on a Spurs last word on Spurs show. Anna, lovely to have you here. How you Hello, doing? everyone. It's been way too long. 
<laughs> Everyone would know the start of that line. Yeah, that really was the aim. And I'd love you to have you here. And it's great because obviously we talk about the women and how they're doing. Um, so like I say, I think one place to start, guys, we'll be honest, it's been a tricky last few weeks for Spurs under Antonio Conte. It's probably say from the start of the year. I mean, of course, um, February started quite well, impressively, the way we obviously navigated our way to the fifth round of the FA Cup. But um, I mean, we've been come crashing back down to earth in recent weeks and uh, defeats to Southampton, Wolves. Um, yeah, I, I think we're just struggling to put our finger on just where it's all gone wrong. Bearing in mind, we had the January window. Uh, we obviously got rid of some of those dissenting voices that Conte wanted out. And then subsequently, since then, Spurs are on the brink of, um, listen, City to come on the weekend. We won't touch upon that just yet, but a difficult game in store Sunday. But what have you made of the last couple of weeks, Ant, as a Spurs fan? Just welcome back to Tottenham. Um, it's been a fantastic um, couple of months, as you said, under Conte, uh, nine games unbeaten. But this is the real Tottenham. Uh, when we need to win, we don't. Uh, when we got games in hand, we don't win the games in hand. That's why I said to you, Ricky, back in a couple of weeks ago, when you said about, oh, but we got games in hand. I was like, no, just never works out for Spurs. We always seem to fall at the last hurdle. Um, so, listen... It's not all doom and gloom. I don't want to sound doom and gloomy, but them two games we should have won. Going into City on the weekend, I would have felt like, you know what, whatever happens, happens. But this is, it's, I mean, we'll talk about it. It's a must, must win game. Can we win it? Hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's it's going to be one of them things where, knowing our luck, Spurs will turn up and give a performance of the season and we'll be like, all happy again. So it's just, it's just so Spurs. Um, and... I, uh, I don't know if you saw, but my I, I phoned up Talk Sport on Sunday night after the game. And yeah, they, oh, did you hear it? Some of us did. I definitely heard it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Sir Kenneth Branagh was, I, I was, I got invited to the posh seats on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I normally sit in the South Stand. So I got invited to the posh seats and Kenneth, Sir Kenneth Branagh was like three, four seats away from me. And he must have thought. I know this guy, but what an absolute lunatic. What is he? Do? I was literally off my seat going mad. I mean, the first guy with Hugo Lloris punching it out. Why didn't he catch it? And then and then eventually Hugo Lloris caught it. And I stood up in front of everyone. Bearing in mind, everyone's sitting there. I was like, yeah, well done, Hugo. Well done for doing your job right. And then Sir Kenneth Brandon just looked at me and went. <laughs> so I was like. Yes, thank God. Uh, you know, my audition for uh, Shakespeare in Love Part Two is out the window, but he's a true Spurs fan, and I love him for that. Good evening. He won't forget you, Ed. He won't forget, he won't. He forget he you. Won't. He won't. Tell you, Chris. Let's come over to you. I mean, you are obviously a real positive Spurs fan. I think it's been well, testing the last few weeks. Uh, what have you just made of the recent slump? Bearing in mind how positive it started under Conte, the nine unbeaten, of course, in the Premier League. I don't know if you'd call me a positive Spurs fan. I think I, I think I would say pragmatic, realistic, and I've you know, I've been watching Spurs for a long time. So, you know, we're kind of we're sort of entrenched in it, right? And look, I think hearing Antonio Conte say our fans have to understand and be patient, you know, we've been hearing about this painful rebuild. Oh, by the way, that picture of Poch with Ozzy that he posted on Instagram earlier made me cry a little bit. So if you haven't seen it, look at Pochettino's Instagram. It's a lovely picture of him and Ozzy having dinner together. Um, that painful re rebuild, we're in it, right? But we've been in Malaise for years. And so we've got an extra excellent manager now, but we have to give him time. And I, I don't think it's just about investment because I don't buy all this, we don't invest. 
but it's got to be the right investment. And what we've done is we like we chop and change. We go from you know one idea to another idea. You buy a player, then you, the manager comes in and doesn't want him anymore, and all that. I'm not convinced that Fabio Paratici is the answer. I mean, only going to Juventus in the transfer in January, but we also know that January is a difficult window. But I think the thing that frustrates me, and I felt this on Sunday, is as fans, we complain about short-termism and managerial turnaround, but we want to see results in days ourselves, right? You know, I saw I saw something earlier saying that Potch is telling us to be patient, that it took a year for what he wanted to be embedded in Spurs. And also, you know, we're buying second and third tier players. I can see people being excited about Bentoncourt. Looks all right. But would you put him in any other um, sort of top midfield? Look, it's, it's, it's a few poor games. We had a run of nine undefeated, which was great, but they weren't amazing performances. It's like, but Ant's just said it, right? We got we lurched from crisis to celebration and back again, right? I think we need to take a collective breath. The players look really scared to be on the ball. That's what worried me on Sunday, is that yeah. They, yeah. there was a lot of players that just weren't didn't want to take any responsibility. And is part of that our responsibility? Because if you're going to get a shot, an intake of breath, a kind of a kind of, you know, like a denigration, and you can hear it in there then they can feel the tension. They're going to be mm. pounced on. And I think, you know, the players need to be better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that they don't need to work harder and be better. But so do we as fans, because we've got a job to do, and I'm not sure that we're doing it. And, you know, stupidly, as fans, you're going to be there whether we're second, 12th or whatever. So yeah. I think we, we do our job and we can express our frustration in other ways. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. No, listen, I agree with you on that. When I said positive, I was trying to be friendly. <laughs> <laughs> where, was it, where was I going Rescue. with that? Eh? Where was I going Rescue. with that? <laughs> Thank you. Adam, lovely to have you on here. It's weird because I'm not going to be asking you about the women just yet. Obviously, just sticking on the men, unfortunately mm. for you at the moment. I know it's been really positive following the women uh, so far this season. And what are you making of the form at the moment? I just wanted to pick up on Chris's point there, whether that stadium does play a part in that. Um, because... You just feel, I mean, I said this on Sunday show we did. I've never heard so much booing this season in a Spurs home stadium than what I've heard in well, seven, Nuno. eight, nine years. I mean, I'm sure under Nuno we... we oh, under Nuno, more. but I just, I just mean generally. <laughs> I mean, this, this season in general, when you look, well, collectively with Conte and with Nuno together, um, this season, oh. booing, you know, like, you know, never before. And listen, I, again, fans pay their money. They've got the absolute right, however they wish to, you know, vent their anger. But I just wonder whether... Um, it's counterproductive for the players. And like Chris says there, whether those players are almost playing in fear because of the frustration of the crowd at the moment. What, what's your thoughts just generally in Spurs and the slump we find ourselves in? Yeah, I think the booing's a really good point. Uh, it's unfortunately come to a stage now where you can almost expect it to happen at halftime. Like it was about to happen. And you know what? I was like, I don't want to hear that. I'm going to pop out to the loo and come back. And I miss it because it's not something I want to be hearing. And I agree. I think we should be better. However... I'm a bit frustrated with professionals who aren't actually doing their job correctly. So it's it's always going to be a two-way street. And unfortunately, we are riding this roller coaster of emotions. I mean, yes, we had the unbeaten run. Then we had the Chelsea games, which were not fun at all. But then, then we had some good things. And then, you know, Brighton looked so good. And then it was so disappointing against Saints and Wolves. So it's up and down, up and down. And it would be good to just get some sort of stability, even if we're losing <laughs> games or even if we're just drawing, just establish a baseline performance at least that we can see that yes this is what we're going to build on I think what is frustrating for 
fans, at least personally, is that I just can't see where this is going. And the minute we lose one key player, like a Skip, like a Dyer or Romero back in the end of last year, it's just, why are we so, so, so reliant on just individual players like that? I think it's just so hard to finally find momentum. And I think that's what would help everyone is if we had this momentum. And, and yeah, going back to Benton Crow, I mean, you can't compare it to like Chelsea's midfield. I mean, no one holds a ball to Kante and all of those people. So, yes, it is it's just a mixed bag and you know we do need to do our best I think the support is there I know we desperately want to support our team no one wants to boo us I mean that's not why we're paying money for it but you know we're also hoping that we see more from professional athletes who actually want to play the game that not only they pay to do but they enjoy it because it's that's why they're doing this job yeah can I ask you said something about stability there have we when you know we're Spurs fans, right? When do mm. we ever had like real stability? We, you're always going to a game going, I don't actually mm. know how this is going to turn out. I think on the Poch, though, there was yeah, a Poch. There was, you a felt there... there was a moment. There was yeah. a moment, and, and yeah. that was that moment. I think that's what we're all holding on to, rightfully or wrongly. But, mm. you know, there was a moment there where we could turn up to games. Yes, obviously, in the past, I was like, whenever we had any derbies or whatever, I was like, nah, we're not doing this. But then on the Poch, it's like, oh, no, wait, we actually can do this. We are doing it. And mm. that's the stability I think we're all missing. And I don't know if it is good for us to be mourning that. identity there, though. And I think that's something that I think the women's team has got. And I'm sure we'll come mm. on to that. There's yep. a real identity and a sense of what the team is, what the team stands for, what the values are. That they're all pulling on something together. Pulling, yeah, exactly. Like really feeling like a team. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't appoint Mourinho after Pochettino and expect there to be an identity because also as you know the identity is just going to be about him mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know and that's i'm sure that something to do is what what's he did what he did to the culture and we're still picking up the pieces now yeah i mean again i know many pick up on the fact that with Mourinho and i, I must say sal Mourinho though we saw i mean son and kane's best form in a spur shot when them two were together so it's, it's hard to you know look upon that but i would agree that chris you know i think the thing with Mourinho is you find that whenever he leaves a club, there is almost that hangover that you then have to try and readdress. And that's difficult when, of course, we're now obviously with Conte, it feels like for him, as he's stressing, this is a very long, long path ahead. But I think the concern for us is that he's only got an 18-month contract and we're already, you know, eating our way through that. And there's no suggestion at the moment of anything of a renewal to that. Um, And I just want to pick up on one thing that's come across today, um, an interview that Conte gave to be in sport. Uh, where he said that um, there's a 1% possibility of Spurs achieving a top four finish. Now, I don't know whether that's trying to take the pressure off the players or whether that's more of a home truth to the board of the real, you know, as as Chris has touched upon, that the poor recruitment that's taken place over the last three to four years. What camp do you sit in on the way those comments are being perceived? Because some fans, yeah, they're, they're a bit frustrated by how that's come across from Conte. He's just saying how it is, Rick. I mean, it's not going to paint the picture of everything's all champagne and skittles at, at Spurs at the moment. Do you know what I mean? So, listen, he, they're there to do a job. Champagne and skittles, darling. Um, they're there to do a job. And um, we saw it on Saturday, uh, Sunday, and we saw it on Wednesday. You know, you can't be 2-1 up against Southampton and sit back and try and... It's too many mistakes. And, and one thing Crackers said, who's one of our, you know, does the show a lot, we don't concede goals. It's our stupidity that concede the goals. A Wednesday, silly defending. The Chelsea game, as the, as the girls just mentioned, two own goals. Two own goals against Chelsea. That never happens for Spurs, only against Chelsea. 
only against the big teams because some reason we just seem to bottle up inside and not have no fear. We just seem to be so scared. And Conte seen this and gone, do you know what? I'm not going to overachieve yet. I'm not going to say we're going to finish fourth and then don't. And then I look silly with the team. I'm going to play it down. And that's what he's doing. Anything else is a bonus. If I had it my way, I'd obviously want Conte to stay. Do I want European football next year? Not with the way that squad is at the moment. No way. It's terrifying, no. isn't it? I it's so it scary, Chris. Could yeah. you imagine going to Barcelona with that squad? Mm. Well, I mind you, Barca right now aren't um, the best, but you know. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I know what you mean, Anna. But it's, it's, it's all right because we're going to end up in the Europa Conference League again. And then oh, lose right. against NS Mira from Slovenia. I don't know where they're from, but they beat yeah, us. The one. <laughs> Was that from? You know, Dynamo yeah, Zagreb last year. You know, their, 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 their manager was in prison and they still beat us. I love that. And it's just I, like, yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. spursy can you get? I'm, like, the sa- I'm the same as you, and I'd be really fearful. You know, even though, listen, it'd be fantastic for the club. From a, I, I understand the reason to want to get Chad Bizzig, of course, to then obviously be able to attract the players, obviously to be able to then generate the, the revenue and the money to be able to then buy the players. But my concern is that, um, I think, as we all know, you look at this squad at the moment and you still feel it's probably, if we're being brutally honest, maybe five, six, seven players, dare I say, that many short of becoming a real, real top team. And then you've got to gel those players as well. Exactly. And this is this is what Chris was saying when, when Chris started talking. It's the rebuild. It's not going to yeah. happen overnight. If we went and bought a right wing back just for the sake of buying a right wing back in January and he don't, and he, and he's not great. Oh, oh we've wasted 25, 30 million again. We've done it on Emerson and we've done that on, on Doherty. We did it on Aurea, to be fair. Aurea yeah. as well. Mm. And, and it's just like... About, like the, that whole thing of like teams that plan. So you say, okay, so we've got exactly. a, a right-back that's, you know, a top-class right-back, whether it's, say, it's Kyle Walker. And then you say, but actually, we're gonna, we've are gonna we got somebody else in the wings who's going to, pardon the pun, who's going <laughs> to take over from that. When was the last time we did anything like that? No, you're yeah. right. And, it's, oh, and again, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to the strikers, it. exactly. And the striker situation, the peeps. Goalkeepers as well. Yeah. I mean, I know the goalkeeper as well. I know Hugo yeah. makes mistakes, but quite frankly, who the hell is he going to back up? Because Galini's not good enough. Exactly. Yeah. We had them before. Like no one's good enough. The youngsters yeah. are not good enough. So no, they're not. But it, and you're right. That, but this is yeah. what I'm saying. It's got to come. As Chris said, you got to plan. Who? Yeah. Right. Okay. Kane. Kane might have an injury in him. He might be out for six yeah. months, or he's, he might retire in three years' time. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't know where his life's going to go. And yeah. then we're going to be, we're still going to be Spurs fans. We're going to be sitting here on your show and us four going, oh, well, we never had a backup. Oh, we never had a second striker. Oh, mm. no, we need to go and get one now. And then he's going to take a year to bed in. And then by that time, Son's contract's up and, he, and he's retired. You, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, you've no, got it's to true. start now. Liverpool, yeah. we went for Luis Diaz. They came in, got him, because yeah. they're planning for the future. Mane's not there for the next 10 years. Yeah. Nor is Salah, and nor is Firmino, and nor maybe Yotta. Maybe Yotta's the one that they're expecting to be the top both there. But yeah. they're planning, and they're planning, and they're planning. And as Chris said, this is what we should be doing, having our ducks in a line. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. Chris, on that point you make, and I think listen, we all are fully aware that we're still in this rebuild. I, that word rebuild, I just wonder how many more years we're going to keep oh, saying it. I mean... Someone said it'd be painful. This would be freaking torturous. This this rebuild. Um, where where we are right now, Chris, with Conte and you know the comments that have come out over the last twenty four hours, forty hours. It, it feels that like obviously there's a need for him to kind of again explain that you know this is a long path ahead. This isn't going to be an overnight job. He said when he came in that he's not a magician. It won't be done with a magic wand. Um, 
does it concern you the length of that contract? Whether depending on if Spurs finish outside the European places, whether he'll have enough? I wouldn't say. I don't know the word what to say here. Would it? Would it, has he got enough to want to do this? Conte, it's a big job for anybody right now. Does he need this? I did wonder at the length of the contract, like what drove that? Because was it because we we hire managers and then end up having to pay millions of pounds to boot them out? So actually this time they thought both ways because mm. why wouldn't we have given him a longer contract? And the problem is, is that, it, you know, it gives him a get out clause now as well. See, part um, of me thought, Chris, the reason why I want to interact with you on that point, I thought that maybe why he wanted 18 months as well is to, is see, to see whether he investment in the summer. Exactly. Whether he'd get yeah. the back in. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it suits both parties that by that contract again, well, but, hopefully he does get the investment in the summer, but more importantly, I hope that he gets who he wants. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's the that's the thing. It's like it's it was a it's weird. I mean, I understand the concept of a director of football because it's that whole thing, isn't it? Of like the planning. Exactly what we've been talking about. That's what your director yeah. of football is supposed to do. But we've yeah. never seen it because sometimes we have a director of football, sometimes we don't. We've had one now that's kind of bought some players for before, and you know, he's always on the phone. I don't know who he's talking to. He must just be talking to his mate Juventus. It's like there's all this thing of like, oh, he's doing deals, like with who? 30 days later, we went back to the club that he left them for, for the two of them. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, Chris, just on the point that with Conte, are you, in a, are you in agreement with him that it is going to be patient and time and he shouldn't absolutely, be putting expectations absolutely. high up at the moment? Of course. And I think that's why, that's why I get frustrated. And I understand that, that, you know, people have the right to vent their frustrations. We've got some mm. of the highest um, ticket prices in Europe. But yep. booing at half time doesn't do anyone any good. Because also, if you're him, you're like, no one's. I can talk forever saying be patient. They're not going to listen. I'm not. I'm going to cut my loss. You know, like we're going. We have to take a bit of responsibility for that. If something, yeah. if you know, there as well. Because I think he needs. He does need time because yeah. actually he has to instill his methods. He's got the got to get them back to fitness. Because don't forget they ran the the least under um, Nuno, Nuno, and yeah. then we we changed it around again. So it's got a instill his methods, get them back to fitness, put the players in place that he wants, that he doesn't have them all yet. You know, get rid of the players that he wanted to kind of get out of the dressing room that were obviously causing problems. There's a lot in that. Let's all think about all of our workplaces. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make a change in a workplace, it doesn't happen overnight. And I know we want results, but actually I think what I'd like to see is progression of some yep. description. You know, I don't want to see that picture that we all saw yesterday of, you know, all the midfield lining up along the edge of the box yeah, and yeah. nobody doing any work, like any work and any defending. Um, that's what I want to see is progression. And, and when it comes to results, listen, I'd rather finish eighth than seventh so we don't have to play in Esmura again. Um, and actually not have a European distraction because we know that that year that Liverpool kind of had that flip that switch with Klopp, was the year mm. that that year without European football? Yeah, yeah. I think they have to be, like you said, they're acutely aware coming over to you, Anna, that, you know, it's still early days for Conte. And I think, again, we have to also bear in mind that whenever there is a new manager, you do get that new manager bounce and a reaction. You certainly got that for, as we saw, mm. the, you know, the nine unbeaten games in the Premier League. I just wonder now whether he's starting to really, really see behind the scenes just what a big job he's got on his hands here. And again, we have to bear in mind that. If he is here in the summer, he goes into next season with less than a year left on his contract. Does that concern you as a fan where you said the Pochettino was that real stability of knowing what we were trying to do, the plan, the project, where we were heading, what we were trying to 
trying to achieve, it all feels at the moment, at the moment where we're kind of jumping from one crisis, as we said, to another. We all, I'm sure, want Conte to be here long term. We all believe he's the right man for the club. But you just want to feel that, you know, from both sides, there's an investment in him and he's going to get the players he wants in the summer. That's the, that's the point. Investment. I don't care if he's got two or three years on his contract. He can leave early if he wants to, or we'll sack him or whatever. And we've done that in the past. We have to buy the right players for him. And we have to have those players perform. I mean, yes, the results, whatever they are. But what frustrated me most on Sunday is the guys were just walking. They didn't want to go to the ball. They're not doing it. Yes, I understand fitness is a part of it. But yeah. I mean, you saw Kulu come on and he's not fully fit, but he's still putting in an effort. I mean, mm. that's what we want to see. We want to start seeing that. And then, yes, bringing in those players that he knows how he wants to play and who will buy into his philosophy immediately. Because the existing players, clearly, obviously, some of them didn't work out. I mean, we're not seeing Rodin any, anywhere near. Daddy's already gone. Um, Hoybier has been up and down. I thought he's a fantastic player, but not really on the Conte. And it's just these sort of things. It's, yes, I don't, if it is just a year, but if we get the best summer ever, I don't know if that's even possible. Um, but if we do get a summer that Conte comes around, it's like, great, I can do this. I can do this preseason. Hopefully we don't have Europe so we can only focus on the domestic cups and the league and just really grind it out. Then yes, I'll be a lot more confident. But it doesn't matter if he had 10 years on his contract or 10 months, because if we don't yeah. invest in him and we don't put that effort into it, then there's no point. And I feel like that's it. It's, this is like the last, last, last row of the dice. I feel, that's my personal feeling. And I yeah. don't know, maybe a lot of other fans feel that yeah, way. And I just no, don't I think, know where we go after this. Yeah, no, I think many I do I feel that. The team in the Greater London Women's Regional Division 2 and won the league. There you the, go. We go to Chris. Oh, I'm up for it. <laughs> Chris, the manager. <laughs> Tell you what, I mean, I, I reckon we'll be playing on the front foot with Chris. 100%. We definitely will it. be. Um, We've got so many new chants as well. 100%. I mean, listen, we can't forget, obviously, City to come at the weekend. We're going to touch up on that a bit later, but, you know, we've got a trip to Burnley, Leeds to come as well. Um, in terms of that top four now, Spurs are finding themselves, as things stand, just at seven points at the moment off that top four after Manchester United won last night. We're sitting in eighth at the moment. Um, but Spurs do have three games in hand over United. I know Ant will kill me for saying that. Um, but you know, it's you know, and if we can get on a run, um, <clears throat> it, it all depends, doesn't it? You know, if we can pull ourselves together now between here and the rest of the season, because there's a top <clears throat> four place there. You know, if we we may not feel this squad is good enough, it's still a place there for taking. Of course, there is. Uh, we, we, we're in. We, I, you know, it sounds bizarre, but we are still in the mix. Yes, and I, I hate having games in hand because, as I said when we first started talking, we never do well. So. You know, I, I, I'm sick and tired of every every season with Spurs and we've got to wait for other results to do us a favour or we've got to score X amount of goals because we'll go above them and then we'll be on the same points, but we'll still be above them. And whether we finish above them lot down the road, it's like, guys, let's concentrate on ourselves. And for some reason, we all look to other teams to do us favours. And it's just yeah. like, it's always the way. We never do well when the ball's in our court. Yeah. Um I don't know if we work well under pressure. I, I don't think we do. Um, no. That's what I mean with the game on Saturday. Knowing our luck, Spurs will it'll be the, the team of the season on Saturday. But you just—it's it, it's typical Spurs, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And then the week after, go and lose to Burnley one 0 even though we've had ninety percent possession. You, do you see what I'm saying? So it's—it's it's just one of them things where Conte can't win or lose. He has to just keep playing. But I, I want him to—I want him to try out three five two. Son and Kane up top. You pack that midfield, have Kulu just just floating just behind 
uh, Kane and Son. I, I want to see him do that. I want apparently that's his preferred position. So let's give him that preferred position. But hey, who am I to argue? I'm not getting paid 15 mil a year to, to, to pick a team. So listen, I trust Conte. Um, if we don't get fourth, I'd rather not have European football next season. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm a big shout from me because I, I, I in it because I, I just, I just, as I said, I, I just don't want to be embarrassed again. Yeah. I just don't want that. I don't want to be laughed at anymore. It's a distraction as well. Like we, exactly, you know, we don't. I'd rather we just concentrated on the league, or we were in the Champions League. The rest of it is just nonsense. Like if exactly. we are who we think we are. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I saw somewhere apparently um, Kulisevsky prefers Decky to Kulu. Oh, okay. I read so, that somewhere. Uh, Decky. Okay. Decky. Yeah, no, that. Decky, it is. It will be. It will be. We might be decked come the end of the season, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go with we'll go with Decky for we now. We might be something else come the end of the season. Yeah. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> well, we, we are going to go for our first break of the show uh, for listeners on audio um, for our watching audience on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, right, we're going to turn our attentions away for the moment from the current first team um, because. We do want to say... about something positive. Let's talk about something positive, Rick. Something positive. Something positive. And it's uh, lovely, like I said, we've got Chris making a debut tonight. And, um, not my Chris, debut. I was going to say you no, missed a pun again. I did miss a pun there. I did miss a pun. I'm just not getting it at the moment, am I? Please forgive me. Chris making a debut, of course. Um, Chris, lovely to have you here. Now, of course, for anyone that doesn't know obviously uh, what you do and where you are, um, obviously you are the co-chair <laughs> of the um, the proud Lily White supporters group. Um, now, um, I think it's important that you know we raise awareness that obviously um, Spurs are one of the first Premier League clubs to establish an LGBT um, plus supporters association trust with the formation of the Proud Lady Whites back in February 2014. Do you just want to give us a bit of insight, Chris, as to how that came about and really the progression of how that has grown over the last, uh, yeah, seven to eight years? Yeah, sure. So back in late 2013, I heard of this thing called the <clears throat> Gay Gooners. And I thought to myself, why aren't we doing something like that? Um, and around that time was the first Rainbow Laces campaign. And I don't know if you remember, but the first Rainbow Laces campaign was run by Paddy Power. And so what Paddy Power did in true Paddy Power style was they dumped a box of Rainbow Laces at every Premier League ground and basically tried to say, oh, if you don't, um, if you don't force your players to wear these, then you're homophobic. Now, Apart from anything else, Paddy Power had a very Paddy Power campaign around that. And it was all like, get behind, nudge, nudge, gay footballers, which actually isn't fun. And they've got they've got form in being homophobic and transphobic. So um, I'm delighted I wasn't involved with anything back then, but I'm delighted that Spurs were like, mm, no, we're not up for that. But they did think, well, actually, we want to do something to engage our LGBTQ plus fans. And so they apparently as I hear it, got in touch with Stonewall and Stonewall said, we don't do any work in this area because they didn't then, but speak to these people, which is an organisation called GFSN, which is the Gay Football Supporters Network. Turns out they're not a football supporters network. They run a football league, but that's another thing. And they wanted to try and, and help put something together. So um, to cut a very long story short, although that took quite a long time, um, about eight of us ended up in a room at White Hart Lane on a wet Tuesday night um, and with one member, uh, one staff member from the club, the the late, great Jonathan Waite, for anyone 
you know Jonathan. Jonathan was the um, SLO. Um, he sadly died about three mm. years ago now, I think. Um, but, you know, I can't give Jonathan enough credit for like how brilliant he was at the beginning there in terms of supporting us and helping us to get the Proud Lily Whites off the ground. So we are the official LGBTQ plus supporters association of Tottenham Hotspur. The three things we came up with that night in the, um, in the Bill Nicholson suite it was at White Hart Lane, there's still the three things that drive us today. And that is um, social, which might seem frivolous. Um, however, we all know um, what it's like to kind of build your community around Spurs. And um, what we found from a lot of sort of anecdata from our members is that particularly from gay men is they loved Spurs when they were young, when they were kids um, and into their early teens. And then if they were, if they were coming out in their late teens or early 20s, they suddenly they felt that football and um, wasn't necessarily going to be a welcoming or safe place for them. But what the Proud Little Whites has done is said to them, actually, it is. You know, remember that big flag that was in the corner at White Hart Lane? There's a big flag in the corner at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And that is that is a constant sort of message of visibility saying this is a safe and welcoming place for you, for everybody. Whether you're a fan, a member of staff, whoever you are in that stadium, you're, you know, you're welcome here. And I think that really matters. I've been going to Spurs. I first went to Spurs when I was six, right? And I remember walking up the stairs and <laughs> seeing and and seeing the pitch for the first time and all of those people and just that that feeling, that buzz, that crackle that you get before before a match. And and the noise. Like as a kid, you don't you've never experienced anything like that. And that feeling of the collective with 35,000 other people was nothing like it. You know, think about you know, just before someone, you know, how, before Harry hit that, um, scored that goal against Brighton, as the ball left his foot, we all stood up at the same time and we all kind of let it out as when the ball hit the back of the net. It's a wonderful feeling. And I don't want to deny that to anybody. And so that's why, you know, that, that sort of social point is really important because it means that you've got someone to go to a game with, you've yeah. got someone to go to, to watch an away match with, You've got like a community of people on a WhatsApp, you know, whatever that you can like chat about that stuff that feels safe for your in terms of who you are. So social is one. And then we've got campaigning and education. Now, education sounds a bit like it sounds a bit worthy. But actually, I and I like to think that you don't campaign, which is the stuff that we do, whether it's this month, which is February, which is the football versus homophobia month of action, um, LGBT history month, rainbow laces, etc., um, you don't campaign unless you think you can make change. Um, but campaigning isn't just about like being didactic or like delivering a message to someone or wagging your finger. Sometimes you have to have dialogue, conversations, having sort of education stuff, if you like, because, you know, sometimes people aren't clear with what it is that, 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 you know, that might, that might be occurring, you know? And so like we've, we've done stuff with, um, with stewards at Spurs, we've done work with the with the staff. They've got an equality working group, so we've done we've done stuff with the staff. We've worked with the local academy of excellence, Tottenham, where actually the teachers have said we want to do some stuff around LGBTQ plus inclusion with our six formers. You know, there's all sorts of things, and you know, I'm not suggesting that you can make you make change one person at a time, but that does mm. matter because yeah. that kid talks to their mate, who talks to their parent, who talks to somebody else there. You know, there are people you know, listening and watching here. And, you know, you might just go, oh, that's interesting. I'll go and have that conversation. And 
this love that we all have. I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan, just like everybody else here. And, you know, I thought when I first came out, I just thought, do you know what? I, I, I kind of spent a few years away because I just thought this isn't really for me now. It's like I had my political awakening. I found feminism. I came out and all the rest of it. And I was like, God, is this kind of really ultra macho environment really what I want? But I'd always said to myself as a as a kid that when I grow up and get a, uh, get a job, I'm going to get a season ticket. So I did. Just as a little aside, I got my season ticket in 1996. You could go to the um, ticket office and say, hello, can I have a season ticket, please? And they said, certainly. Where would you like to sit? And they actually offered to take me into the ground to choose my seat, right? I was just like, oh, I don't mind. I just don't want to sit behind the goal, I said. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, and I think I fancy the East Stand because I didn't want to be in the West Stand, don't you know? Do you know where I sat at White Hot Lane for nearly 20 years? Not next to the away fans. No, behind the pole. In the I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say the pole. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> four, four, four or five rows behind the pole in the East Lower. And I, I, you you I couldn't see the 18-yard line. Exactly. It was a bit of like, oh, who's going to come away with the ball? But <laughs> I promised myself that. <laughs> Um, I promised myself that and I did it. And actually, I'm really pleased that I did because football's just as much my game as it is anybody else's. Of course it is. And so, and so what I can do now, I was like, listen, we said when we started the Proudly Whites, we said the most important thing is we want to put ourselves out of business. I don't want to be having this conversation again in two, three, four years' time. I mean, I might be, but, you know, so just trying to make that change. And to be honest, we've seen an incredible movement even within Spurs fans um, from when we started. When that flag first went up in White Hart Lane, I'll tell you what, people weren't happy or some people weren't happy. But now we're very much seen as part of the family, you know? And and I think that's really and I think that's really important. Um, but I one thing I will say... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird if it's not there. I always... No, it's, well, I hate it when they cover it with away fans and like I always yeah, yeah. to be like, how yeah. how uncovered is it? And it's like, I'm always so happy when it's uncovered because it's just yeah. like, it's so nice yeah. and big. Is there a reason why it's in at uh, that bit? Yeah, because well, it was there from, um, we, it was there in lockdown, at which point it was fine. But then actually, if you look at the rest of the stadium, there isn't anywhere else that you could put something mm. of that size because you'd be covering other things up. Mm. So we ended up slightly um, deciding that if we made it a little bit shorter, then you could put some away flags on top of it, mm. you know. So, I mean, look, I, I love it. I think, you know, I think it's really important that it's there. You know, when we started, I mean, Ricky said it earlier, when we started, there were only four LGBTQ plus fan groups. Now there are nearly 60. Amazing. And, and when you start, the funny thing is when you start one, uh, uh, no word of a lie every single group that started someone has sent their club an email to say what about gingers can we have a, a fan group for people with ginger hair i'm not joking every single time uh you ask any person and we just have a bit of a laugh about it go yeah of course you can if you want to organize around people with ginger hair having a fan group go for it absolutely um but as I say Chris, now, we're very much known as part of the family and I'm really proud of that. Absolutely. Chris, do you, do you find now that as the years have gone on since, as you said, since 2014, when, when you started Proud Lily Whites, um, that it, it's everyone's changed their views on, on LGBTQ plus 
uh, to change their views, but I think I think people have got have gone on a journey because what you see is is that you can just see that like it's not anything you know because if some people haven't come across anyone who's LGBTQ plus in their lives and you just think it's kind of something other and different all the rest of it, but actually you go oh that's just a, a Spurs fan. <laughs> that's a Spurs fan just like I am you know yeah. I was in a cab once and the cab driver was a Spurs fan and he was saying that he took his son to the first game to his first game and he was only a little kid and he said to him if you get lost son um, just look for someone with a Spurs scarf and <laughs> you know and then you could come and find me because we're all like we're all one family type thing and that's the that's the fact right is that we are we all pull together for that common goal. We have different views on things. Completely and so, right. And so it doesn't matter if I'm LGBTQ plus or not, but we're the, we're the same family. But the reason why mm. we do this via foot why I do this via football, apart from the fact that I want to make sure that there's nobody who's Spurs who can't who can't love Spurs like we all do, is yeah. that we know the import the impact and the reach that football mm -hmm. has. You yeah. know, when I first started this, I met this guy called Frank Nogisha, who's a Ugandan LGBTQ plus rights campaigner, doesn't not interested in football, but recognised how important Premier League football particularly is in Uganda. And also, like, it could be really dangerous, like you could lose your life for being um, for being queer in Uganda. So he was like, if I can use football, Premier League football as a as a platform, then actually I could literally save people's lives. So when you think about it from that context... And from what we were just saying about that little kid growing up to continue to love Spurs and they could still be able to, then you know I just think it's a, it's a winning it's winning for all of us. So thank you, Ricky. Oh, um, don't be silly for, for giving me this opportunity and to answer no. a big shout out to Anthony to be fair because he's been a great supporter of the of the Proud Lily Whites for for a while now. He came to our birthday party. Yeah, no, I, party thank you, darling. I never got invited back because I, I think I was too good on the quiz. <laughs> 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 well actually we are on the 24th of february we have a q a with michael dawson that you're all invited oh. to oh amazing oh, what, on, on zoom is it on zoom, on zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh amazing yeah. Oh, yeah, so, oh brilliant so chris do you think the message is so much clearer now than it was back in the day i mean obviously I so. we all know what it was like back in the day but i, I feel that it's it, football's for everyone do you know what I mean? And and it, and it's a, a fantastic thing. So I love the fact of the work you're doing. And and you know, I know we have a bit of banter, and, and I love you to bits, mate. I really do. And I think what you're doing is is brilliant. And you're so easy to talk to as well. Um, and mm -hmm. we all want the same goal, don't we? We all want yeah. Spurs to either lift the trophy yeah. or play some good football. Yeah. So why should it's a watch community where we can all come together? It's it's the yeah. fantastic. Exactly. I think it's a very, very important thing and I think it's really ingrained <clears throat> in football culture. And what worries me is actually in the Brighton game, um, I had young fans, well young, I hope they were over 18 because they were drinking beer apparently, um, who were openly homophobic and I it was very very shocking for me to experience that. So mm. I really hope, and this is why I'm so proud that obviously Spurs have been holding your hand through this whole thing and, and everything. Then I really hope that we can start taking this out of football culture because it's just not okay. Yeah. Um, and the thing is for me, is like I'm not interested in sanitizing it because I think that's the, that's always the fear, right? Is that if you have, um, if you think about not, you know, like, um, not being homophobic or not being misogynist or not, you know, whatever, that somehow you take the fun out of football. And it's like, I don't think so. We can still kind of 
you know, like like Anne said, have have as much kind of like a laugh and a joke and and also be cross and sing funny songs and all the rest of it. But they don't, it doesn't have to be homophobic or misogynist or racist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, Chris, there's a question. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, no, no, go for it. No, you're pretty no, no, no. I was going to say about Daniela and there's yeah. also one from Ellie as well. So, Chris, do you mind answering that question? Yeah, I think, listen, I always wonder about players coming out because I think that, you know, there are lots of people who are out in football. So there are loads of women's players who are out. There are loads of people who work in football. They're out. There are loads of out journalists and all the rest of it. I think from a player perspective, it's always hard to know whether, you know, I, I, what I'm worried about is that I don't want it to be a circus. So I just think mm. the fact that we're having these conversations and, you know, what Anna's just told us about it being easy. You know, like my worry is, is that it's like a bit of a free hit. People, you know, like a lot of people who go and kind of a kind of a you know aggressive or a bit of a twat, excuse my language, of football is because and they wouldn't necessarily be in their day to day life, but they feel yeah. like it's a bit of a free hit at football. So, I guess the thing for all of us is is to we're having this conversation today, which is really important. We see all sorts of stuff on social media in our WhatsApp groups and all the rest of it, and we have to like in a nice way, in a fuck, well, whichever way you want to do it is challenge it and kind of challenge that status quo. Because I think if we change the culture enough, which we're already we're on a journey to doing that, then hopefully there will be, um, you know, there will be several um, male players that, that feel comfortable in sort of coming out. Um, so, you know, I, I just think we have to kind of change the culture enough. And also, you know, would we feel comfortable, for example, if um, a Chelsea player came out, right, how do, what, how do you think, what do you think we would do as a fan base when we next play Chelsea? Yeah, I hear your point. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but Chris, it, 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 we're in 2022 now though. I mean, it, it should be easy to, for, for, for a, a footballer to come out if, if he wants. I mean, I'm not saying he should, if, you mm. know, because that's their, that's their life, that's their private life. Yeah. yeah. But is it much easier for women who played women football to, to come out? I mean, I don't know, Chris. Anna, you can you can educate me on it's that. It's a different it's, environment. It's, well, it's a different environment, but I also think what you also get sort of thing is, it's not it's not even about for me. That's more about um, it's more about gender stereotypes than actual sexual orientation when you're talking about women's football because you've already got a thing about yeah. if you're a sporty woman, you must be a lesbian, right? <laughs> so you almost had the well, that's the, stupid. The, Sorry. I know. Well, like, yeah, of course oh, it is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course it is. You almost, have, you almost have the flip side in women's football, where you have sort of all, in in a lot of the professional game. It's not as it's not like this now. But when the game first became professionalised, it was almost like we've got to over feminise so people don't think we're lesbians and then think it's weird. And now, at least, kind of what you're doing is you've just got elite athletes doing their thing, and their sexual orientation isn't really. An issue. I don't know what you think, Anna, but I don't. I agree with you. I don't even think about it really. No, for me, it's equally the same. You know, their partners and how they live. I just want to see them happy, and I absolutely love following them, and I just love how open they are there. Mm. Um, but I think it just goes back to to culture. I feel like the the whole family environment. That's one of the main things that really attracted me to to Spurs women, and why I absolutely love following them, is. Um, it's just that community feeling. You get that real family connection and it starts from the players, it starts from the fans. And that's what I feel like is missing from the men's game a little bit is that disconnect between 
not us and them because obviously we're not that separate but the men the, the men on the pitch versus the men and people in the crowd um and i think that's why it's a little bit safer for for women's players to come out in whichever shape or form but um it's also nurtured as well a bit more and i think it's a lot more inclusive yeah, yeah. i know i was um keen to make that com- uh, one of the comments that's come in there as well oh yeah um, ellie yeah yeah, so I, for listeners on audio, so Ellie says, I played for Spurs ladies and experienced people shouting obscenities at me, including disgusting homophobic yells during and after matches. I'm a straight lady, but was so disgusting it affected me. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? Well, I think I think the, the problem is, is that, you know, what you get is people mm. try thinking it's acceptable to try and put someone off in a football match with that. And I'm really sorry that happened to you, Ellie. And, I, you know, I, I hope it wasn't from any Spurs fans. Um, but you know, I, I hope that we've moved on from that a little bit more in the in the women's game now. And I think what Anna's been saying there about what the fan, you know, because fan culture matters to us, right? Um, and I think the fan culture in the women's game has also grown from from like lesbians and queer women following following the game and playing a lot as well, and playing. And I think that's the thing is like there's 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 been a history of queer women in women's football. But that's not, it's not only lesbians and women's football. And I think the fact is, is that that's just how it's always been and that's how it's developed. And so that if you, if you are, if there is homophobia in the women's game, it's going to be, it's going to be much more stark and it's not going to be taken from a lot of the players because you know that you're actually talking about your teammates. Um, And I'm sorry, I'm really sorry for that, Ellie. That's really kind of, you know. Chris? Yeah. Chris, Anna, sorry. I mean, please forgive me. I've been, I've been to many women's games, but is there the same as Ellie just said? Would that still happen now with 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 chanting homophobic chants? For, say, for instance, Spurs are playing Chelsea, and yeah. with the crowd, is it more? Because when I've been or I've seen a few, it, it feels like a very family environment so to speak yeah. do you know what i mean you know how uh, everyone calls fulham a family club isn't it like everyone sits yeah. together and everyone hugs and and cheers is it is it like that even north london derbies which are the harshest ones harsher that's what i'm is, saying it's yeah. still not anywhere near as bad and I I've had never... a... yeah go for it i was gonna say i had a hilarious time at boreham wood where we we were we was the it was the cup game so it was the first one And I was singing Spurs songs, like literally there were four of us in a row amongst a stand of Arsenal fans. And every time the home game was the same. (laughs) Every time I started singing something, like they'd try and like, you know, over over sort of shadow overshadow me or whatever. And I met someone, an Arsenal fan I know at half time, and she was like, Oh, is that where you are? So I was wondering why they were singing. They never sing in that stand. And so obviously they were just trying to quieten us. And, right. and, and at one point, someone right at the end said, oh, shut up. And like all the Arsenal fans turned on them, on their own person telling me to shut up because actually well, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it wasn't, because mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't being, the thing I love about the, about the women's game in terms of, from a, from a fan perspective is, it's all about supporting your team, not being angry about the opposition. Yes. Right? And actually, that's why those Arsenal fans were like, I'll just let her have it because that's the fun. It's like we were making jokes at each other yeah. and, like, yes. you know, whatever. Yes. And that's kind of 
And we could all be together. There's no segregation. It's like, that's my favourite thing. Like, as I said, United have such good fans. They, you know, they've not been in the women's game that long, but their fans are mm. right there. And they're yeah. so loud. And Doncaster Bells, they literally bring bells. And they, but we all together. And there's this back and forward banter. And it's not malicious. It's genuine. It's the, it's the kind banter, the banter it should be. And it's all about the game. It's all about outsinging the other, as you say, bang-banging mm. off of each other's chants. We sing the same things, just trying to end it differently. It is a lot kinder and a lot more mm. fun, to be honest. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it crazy? I, I am conscious. I want to touch upon the Spurs women in just a second. But before I do, uh, Chris, just finally, um, I think, again, for Proudly Whites, it's celebrating the eighth birthday coming up now. And um, I know you're helping to raise funds for um, the FVH and also for Noah's oh, yeah. Art Children Hospital. And that's Spurs' partner charity. Can you tell us a bit more about that and how uh, viewers, listeners can get involved in that? Absolutely. So really kind of... Really kindly, Spurs donated to us Hugo Lloris's match-worn shirt from the Rainbow Laces game. So he kept a clean sheet in that game. We beat Brentford. Yay! Yeah, exactly. We beat Brentford two 0 Yeah. Go on the um on any of the Proudly Whites channels. So it's at Spurs LGBT on Twitter and Proudly Whites on Facebook and Instagram. You can enter a competition, and it's only two pound a ticket. Two pound a ticket, and we've limited it to fifteen hundred tickets, so people have a good chance. And it's just a raffle on an online platform. It's going to get drawn on the 28th of February at 10pm. And the lucky winner is going to win Hugo Lloris's match-worn shirt. And we're raising money for Noah's Ark, which is Spurs charity, which is a children's hospice. Yeah. Yeah, football versus homophobia. It's a football versus homophobia month of action. They do really great campaigning work. And we're also going to raise a little bit of money for ourselves because um, just having a Zoom account as like a busted and a podcast platform has busted us. So uh, we're going to pay a couple of people back for having uh, paid for that for the last um, year or so. So please buy your tickets because you could win a signed, match-worn Hugo Lloris shirt. Amazing. And and, and also, Chris, before we um, move on, um, I know you've got hundreds of members that have signed up to the Proudly Whites. Um, mm. How can they quickly do that? Just very quickly, whilst oh, yeah, we're getting at the end, but very quickly. We've got, we've got a really crappy website that we're hoping to... Um, to update. So actually, uh, what all I want She's selling it, Rick. She's selling it. What a way to start. We really want a web developer. It's not, it's a really old wor- WordPress site. It's like, it's embarrassing. Oh. However, someone can help us develop a new one. Any web developers on the comments, yeah. get in touch Please with Chris. Touch. Um, I'm a tester if that helps. So I'm happy to test the site. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. Yes, I'm going to come back to you on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you go onto our website, there's a join button and you just have to fill in a little form. And you can join us. When we first started, that first event that we're, that Spurs co-hosted with us, they got we had 70 people on our mailing list. And now we have more than 700 members all over Fantastic. the world. So join us. Amazing. Brilliant. Oh, totally. Unbelievable. Right. Um, we are going to go for our next break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Uh, for watching on YouTube, thank you so much for all your comments so far and for tuning in. Um, Anna, it's lovely to have you on because uh, we don't get enough time to talk about the Spurs women. Um, we just get, obviously, your wonderful voice that we hear. Anna Aww. from Spurs XY, who gives us the lowdown on what happens with the women um, on a regular basis, which we're obviously all thankful for. And it's been great to see the progress um, of the Spurs women, of course, under Raheem Skinner. I just want to get your thoughts on just how much you've seen the Spurs women grow, really, in the last few years of being such a keen avid watcher, likewise with Chris. Um, Spurs, I mean... This month, they were winless and only two points off the bottom when they made that change with um, Raheem coming in to replace Karen 
and Juan Amaros, I know you were very, very fond of, and obviously I know it was yeah. gutting for you to see them move on. But what have you made of the change of manager and how that's affected the squad and just how the club have progressed? Yeah, so just to touch on Karen and Juan, I mean, that was such a heartbreaking um, departure. I mean, it, it was needed, unfortunately, um, but was very, very fond of them and was a little bit sceptical of Rianne because, well, she didn't really have that much experience and history and obviously I was, I was just still a bit um, sad about the other two leaving but she's really turned me around this year I mean we are achieving I think a little bit above what we should be but it's absolutely fantastic she's really solidified the defense um, built it up from the back and uh, we are doing so well I mean we're currently sitting third in the Barclays WSL which is insane considering the teams that are there the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the Manchester City's and the Manchester United. So we are doing so, so well. We are playing with real identity, real team spirit and a lot of the football and the way that Tottenham like to play football. I think my only concern is is that we don't always score enough goals, but we are scoring enough to obviously win games and keep us in games. But that would be the next stepping stone for us mm. is to start firing as well. Yeah. Uh, Chris, coming over to you. Um, I mean, you know, Rahane's just come in. She steered Spurs away from danger last year, a side that many tipped to be battling relegation, and they're sitting currently third at the moment. Um, only two... That's a Champions yeah, League. Yeah, only, only two points behind second place Chelsea and firmly in the frame for a Champions League finish. Hans, you know what happens, mate? Just, <laughs> gonna... just shush, just shush. Just let the season finish, guys <laughs> and girls, Spurs, yeah? Spurs, Spurs Please. women. Please, just, just let the season finish. Let them play their football <laughs> and let's hope that they qualify. Has it surprised you, Chris, just um, the, the momentum they've got, the Spurs women, and just how much they have grown over the course of the last few years? Um, it's really, it is really exciting. Like Hannah, I was sad to see Karen and Juan go, but it was the, I think it probably was the right decision. You know, Karen had been there for 10 years. What she achieved with the club, it was remarkable. You know, when we got into the WSL, we were the only, we were the first team to get in there on sporting merit alone, right, in terms of working our way through and not, sort of appearing through another what you know some other some other way um I think the thing with Rianne is I I asked somebody that I know at the FA when we appointed Rianne and she just said she's the best coach the England setup's got and we managed to nick her so the fact that we someone had done their homework and had gone and found a found this coach I think is brilliant and I think as um, Anna's really kind of pointed out there, I think there's something about the identity and about the values they have as a team. And I, I, um, I, I don't actually probably a good shout, Ricky, maybe to get her on if you want to talk about more stuff about the women's team. Uh, the proud little white's patron, Helen Richardson Walsh, who is an Olympic um, gold medal winner, she won an Olympic gold in in hockey, is the performance psychologist for the women's team. So Helen works with the women's team a, like a day and a half a week. Can we get rid of the men, Chris? <laughs> Honestly. But, like, the thing is, is that, you know, and, and she and Rianne share values. And um, we talked to Helen on the Proud Lily White's podcast, which we only do once a month, um, at the last one. And I really urge you all to listen to it because it's just really interesting listening to, you know, what it means to have that set of values. And Helen and her wife, Kate, won, um, won Olympic gold. And they've written a book about it, actually. It's called Winning Together. It's really good. And again, it's about what are those values, to the, what values do the team have? So as gold medal winners, they'd won bronze in Rio after being knocked out the, the, the tournament before, like not even qualifying for the previous Olympics. And they went into that and they built their values as a team. And one of the things that was really clear to them is it wasn't just about winning matches. They wanted to be bigger 
than just winning matches. They wanted, you know, I think it was inspire a generation and they had one other thing that they had and they all held on to that and they all pulled together for that. And it didn't matter whether you were in the starting lineup or not. The whole squad had a part to play in doing that, in, de in developing and delivering for each other all the time. And I guess that Helen's bringing something, and apparently Rianne has similar values to Helen in that sense. And they're bringing something together and it's something that's quite special. And, and as Anna just said, we haven't got necessarily the best, you know, we're not a team full of internationals like Chelsea and Arsenal and Manchester City are, and they are those three teams. And Manchester United to some degree as well. I've, I've got, you know, but we're doing something from a footballing perspective and from a team perspective that is really quite special. And I saw a little um, comment there about Ash Neville. It's mm, like, I love Ash. Player. What Absolute favourite. He's Absolute a Spurs favorite. player as well. Like, she... She dribble, you know, like she'll take a player on. She's got a, She's a fantastic accurate. through ball. She mm. works really hard. She's a fullback that likes to go forward and score. You know, Passionate. she loves a slide tackle. I mean, brilliant. And I don't know how she's not, you know, I don't know how she's never been called up. I am ball. so baffled. I do not understand that. She's, I think she's not been called up. No, I think she probably, I think she's, the thing is we're not fashionable in that sense. You know how when Svenjorn Eriksson was the England manager, he only ever picked players from Chelsea and Arsenal and and um, Manchester United or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the same happens in in the women's game broadly. I think the thing is as well is that in her position, you could argue she's never going to get a game because she's behind like the Ballon d'Or winner practically in Lucy Bronze. However, she can play both sides, mm -hmm. and Alex Greenwood, I don't think, is necessarily better than her, but she's got more. You know, she's just she's got loads of caps. So, and I know she's twenty seven or however old she is, but honestly, I think she, she does. She deserves it, man. She deserves it. She works so hard. She makes yeah, the team yeah. of the week practically every week. She's yeah. brilliant. Now that is that is great to hear. Um, we've got a question on the screen here, guys, and feel free one of you to take this, uh, Anna or Chris. Uh, tough to find women's games here. Do you know where I can find them in the states? Any ideas, guys? Is it the FA player in the states? That would be my only guess, really. Yeah. Well, my main guess. If Depending you if you've got a, yeah, I think you might, if you've got a, a, a VPN, um, you can maybe change your location settings. That might be I'm an option. I'm not even sure if it needs a VPN. It might do, um, to be yeah. fair. But yeah, so all the WSL games are streamed on the, on a thing called the FA Player. So every WSL um, game is on there. And yeah. uh, maybe you need a VPN, maybe you don't. And then you can yeah. literally just watch every game. The commentary could be a bit ropey. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much again? There you go. Well, I hope Carl that answers your question. Well, I say let's hope the women keep on progressing. You'll be hearing Anna's dulcet tones on our podcast throughout the course of the season. So hopefully, Anna's going to be bringing us plenty of good news on the women. Um, but we are going to go for our final break of the show, and unfortunately, we have to look ahead to Manchester City to come on Saturday night. Fever for Anthony Costa. He's not looking forward to talking about that one. <laughs> Take you this break. You're going to hear from a couple of Man City podcasters that have obliged. I was really enjoying that, Rick. I was really enjoying Chris and Anna educating me. <laughs> and, and now you've got to bring the mood down. Yeah. Cheers. You're, going be, you're going to be educated in a way you might not be in the next couple of minutes. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. We are going to hear from those couple of podcasters. Hey, guys, it's Lewis from City Extra here. Um, just asked to give my thoughts on the game ahead of, um, yeah, what's a big weekend of Premier League football. Um, Firstly, that's why I'm quite surprised, really, that, that that Spurs have still not secured this top four space, um, which is up for grabs. I 
honestly thought that when you guys got Conte, I thought it was pretty much a done deal. Um, now, I've watched a bit of Spurs. I've not watched that much of Spurs, but um, I'm completely shocked, really, and a bit surprised that um, that you've not managed to really secure that top four spot. And it's still up for, still up for grabs. And obviously, with you guys losing your last three Premier League football matches, it's um, put a little bit of pressure on this game. Um, and there's pressure on there for City as well, of course, with uh, Liverpool breathing down our necks. Um, we, we really have to just be grabbing every every game by the scuff of its neck and getting the three points. Um, and just really trying to sort of extend that lead at the top of the table as much as we can possibly do. Um, Liverpool don't look like dropping any points at any, at any time, really. So it's uh, it's a bit of a difficult one. Um, th this game is uh, obviously going to be tricky. I know you guys are not in form, but... You know, uh, Spurs City, I was looking at the um, recent results before, actually, and uh, it's quite an even... I mean, uh, in fact, in fact, I go far as to say the whole history of Spurs City is incredibly even. I think Spurs are, are on 64 wins and City are on 63 and um, maybe about 30 draws in there as well or something like that. So it's, it's incredibly close. And if you look at the recent form, um, yeah, there's wins there for both sides and... It's really difficult because, you know, on, on form, on paper, City should win this game. But for some reason, Spurs have sort of, sort of had our number in the last couple of years. A little bit. Not, not, not every game, of course. Um, and and it's, been, it's been Son, which has been the main danger, as you guys will well, uh, will well know. And for um, some reason, we're just unable to, 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 to sort of defend against Son and um, obviously Kane in there as well um, with his with his failed move to, to City in the summer. It'll be a very interesting game. Of course, on the first game of the season, um, you guys pipped it 1-0. City had lots of chances, uh, but just didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And then on the counter-attack, Spurs got us with a bit of a sucker punch, really. So, look, from my point of view, if City don't win this game, it'll be because we're not clinical, just as it was in the first game at the beginning of the season. I think we've got more than enough to to put Spurs away. Um, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I've gone for uh, a close 2-1 victory for City. But, look, it, like, I, like I say on most um, games these days, if City don't win the game, it's it's because we've not been clinical, because we, collect, we create the chances. We create the chances in most fixtures, um, and and the games that you look back on this season that we've not won, very rarely we've been the weaker side. Very rarely, um, it's it's because we've created the chances and not put the ball in the back of the net. And I referred to the game at the beginning of the season. I know some Spurs out, some Spurs fans out there might want to uh, think a little bit differently and, and and maybe believe that that you were the better side. But we had so many chances in that game; it was unreal. Just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, and hopefully. It's not going to be like that this uh, this Saturday because it's a massive game for City. Liverpool got an easier game against Norwich, so we expect them to get the three points. Um, and, and City really can't be affording to drop points now. So hopefully for us, we get the points. And um, yeah, if, if it does, that means for Spurs, that's four losses on the bounce in the Premier League. Um, that doesn't seem too good. <laughs> um, put, put it the nice possible way. Uh, but yeah, I've gone for a 2-1 City win. Um, I think we'll dominate the ball. I think we'll create chances. It's just whether we'll put the ball in the back of the net. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the aim of the game. So, uh, yeah, best of luck anyway and uh, take care, lads. So, Manchester City have won 14 of their last 15 league games and are nine points clear at the top of the Premier League. 
conceded fewer goals than ever before at this stage of the season. They've just won 5-0 against a sporting side that many predicted may cause City plenty of problems. Spurs are apparently in crisis and lost at home to Southampton last week. So obviously this will be an easy three points for City, right? Well, not necessarily. This is historically a fixture where the outcome has made little sense, to be honest, and provided plenty to talk about. Expect more of the same this weekend, perhaps. On paper, yes, City must be big favourites for the match. They could not be in a much better position at this part of the season as we head into the second half of February. They've got a largely fit squad to choose from, though there are a few doubts for the game. Jack Grealish has issues with his shins, not for the first time. Gabriel Jesus is struggling for fitness and Cole Palmer is out for unknown reasons. But City are of course more than capable of covering these gaps. The squad is not the biggest, as many claim, but it may be the deepest in the club's history. Well, apart from the fact that there are no strikers at all, unless Pep feels like throwing youth player Liam Delap on. That's the amazing thing about this squad, expensively assembled as it may be, and it is, that Pep has done this while adapting to using midfielders to do strikers' jobs. Of course, he loves midfielders, so he probably revelled at the opportunity to solve this latest problem. City still need a striker and will get one at some point, but Pep has proved once more that he has an answer for pretty much everything apart perhaps for the latter stages of the Champions League. Nevertheless, do not think that this game is a done deal. There is this perception that City are strolling to the title and are far ahead of the rest. They may or may not stroll to the title, but that simplistic description not tell the whole story regarding individual games. During the winning run that saw them surge to the top of the table, there were plenty of tight victories and very close shaves. I'm sure you'll be aware of the Arsenal match, no doubt, and have shared the joy at its outcome. What's more, City do still have any hoodoos from other teams and Spurs may fit the bill. The visitors on Saturday have perfected the knack of taking their chances while City waste theirs. Looking at XG values when these two teams play each other is largely redundant, as the figures rarely match up with the scoreline. Kane and Son can of course hurt City, as they have in the past, and Conte is a class manager who will be prepared tactically for the game. Expect Luis to put in a world-class performance too. Nevertheless, Spurs will have to defend a thousand times better than last week to get something from the game. Ultimately, City are more reliable, though, than ever as a team right now. They're different even to a few months ago, when they lost at home to Crystal Palace and were lucky to draw at home to Southampton. And they're a million miles ahead of the unfit rabble that lost the opening game of the season to Spurs. What's more, they've got stability. Much of the team picks itself at the moment. Edison in goal, Walker and Cancelo as full-backs, with Diaz and Laporte in the middle. Though John Stones had a valid claim, or has a valid claim, to fill one of those spots too. He filled in at right back twice in the last week, but that was ultimately to cover for Walker's European ban. Roger is the defensive midfield rock, having come of age this season, and finally filled Fernandinho's massive shoes. Sterling and Mares are likely starters too, and both in form, with Foden acting as a false nine. That leaves Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva to make up a frightening array of attacking players. And whilst attention is always drawn towards Kevin De Bruyne as City's most destructive player, it's Bernardo Silva who is arguably City's best player of the season and one of the world's best midfielders. It's a stroke of luck for the Blues that when he wanted to leave last summer, no buyer stepped forward with the cash. And when a player is classy as Ilkay Gundogan is often starting on the bench, then City are clearly in good shape. Either way, the team are performing so well right now that I'm confident whatever team Pep picks... I'll be happy with it, and it will do the job. City have three key games coming up in the league, with Everton United following on from this weekend. But with no midweek match next week, Pep can pick his strongest team without thinking about resting anyone, 
as he did at Norwich last weekend. As for the match, City will look to stifle Spurs, dominate the ball and switch play regularly to create overloads. But they'll have to be wary of the threat on the, of the counter-attack and that may lead to some caution. It's impossible to predict how the game will go and with City you usually know within five minutes whether they're really on it or not. And they usually are. But a goal fest is not guaranteed. I think Spurs definitely have a goal in them but ultimately City should prevail as they wear down Spurs and create more chances as the game pro- progresses and look to consolidate their healthy lead at the top of the table with a focused performance. So I'm going to go for 3-1 to City. Well, watch on YouTube. Thank you so much, shall I say, for tuning in to us on a uh, on a Wednesday night special here in the last one on Spurs. And I'm about to bring the mood firmly down. We've got Man City to come. We are travelling there Saturday night. So um, you can enjoy your weekend up until 530 and uh, listen, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, you know, um, but it is going to be a very, very tough game. Obviously, Antonio Conte's got a, f- a rare full week to work with the Spurs squad. So, um, which will be obviously interesting to see and intriguing if he does, as you said, Ant, change that formation. Um, I, I just wonder, Ant, for you, um, if that's a key bare minimum that will need to happen for Spurs to have any chance of a result up against there. But I think many watching City last night, I mean... They were formidable oh. last night, weren't they? <laughs> just like, why did I have to score five against Sporting? And you're like, oh, who are they playing at? Oh, it's us. Great. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers, Pep. Nice one, mate. Um, I, he's got to go 3-5-2. Because I, I just think, we. I mean, we get overrun in midfield week in, week out. But just got to try and pack that midfield as much as we can. And, and again, as I said, not make silly mistakes. You know, if 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 De Bruyne scores a thirty-yard screamer, you got to go. Okay, well done. Mm. But if it's a mistake, you know, a Dyer, for example, back pass or a Davis slip over or a Sanders falling over and giving away a penalty, it it, it just you just know what's going to happen. Mistake FC to the rescue. Do you know what I mean? So you just got to try and play with no fear, but just no mistakes, boys. I mean, it's one of them things. I want to put it to the panel. If we mm. went, if in, in an ideal world we went one nil up, do you feel comfortable trying to sit back and defend the lead? Because I, I don't. But what happens if we try and defend? Like we go for it again, and then we end up losing two one. What happens then? I, it's just one of them things. I just want this game over and done with. I want half seven to come, so I, oh, Mars Singer ain't even on anymore, so I can't even enjoy <laughs> that. I don't even. What's the new one? Is there any new comedy good new shows out? I think it's Starstruck with Sheridan Smith. I might just watch that. We might, we might be Starstruck after, depending on the result. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to put that question to the panel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how confident are you if we were to go one nil up? Would you? Would you? Yeah. Chris, come on, you ask that, Chris. On, would Chris. you be? Would you like to see if Spurs were to go one up? How would we approach this game? I've got. I haven't got a Danny. Right? I don't know. I don't know because you, I won't know until the game kicks off which team's going to turn up. And then mm. I can tell you, once the game kicks off, I'll tell you if I'm happy with a, starting with a, w- holding on to one nil or not. But without now, I couldn't tell you. But the th- I think the thing for me is, is that, look, they're, they're a great football team, right? They're a yeah, great no. football team. Yeah. And I think, as Anne said earlier, it's exactly, I think what's going to happen is we're going to play an absolute blinder. I think we probably will go one nil up. Mm. And we probably will lose 2-1. <laughs> but... But at least we'll have had a good game. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, my, when you when you ask me for a prediction, I'm going to say one one, and I just wanted to get it in first. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think it's hard, but it's the it would be the classic thing. It would be the perfect kind of Spurs story arc to yeah. lose, you know, to to do what we did against Leicester, then to do what we did against Brighton, to lose at home to uh, Wolves and Southampton, and then go and put in a blinding performance against Manchester City at the Etihad. I mean that that sounds sounds exactly like what we're used to. Yeah. I know there's many, um, I will say for the comments here, I know there's lots of Conte quotes that are coming out recently. Um, he says here, what happened in January was not easy. We lost four players, four important uh, four important players for Tottenham and we only bought in two. So just even in terms of numbers, rather than reinforce the squad, we are on paper weakened. Which I think is interesting. Bear in mind, um, you would have felt that in January, the, the players that we would have moved on, um, you would think that he would have had a more of a together group there. So that would maybe kind of indicate that he wasn't... He them on. Well, this is, this is what's coming out in the last few minutes from Football Italia. That I'm going to say move them on. Obviously, they've gone on loan the likes of the Celso yeah. and Dombele, uh, Hill as well. Yeah, um, they weren't even playing, Rick. I was going to no, say. Yeah. I mean, there's a, obviously, there's lots of mixed messages coming out at the moment. I mean... Brian Listen. Hill should not be loaned out to Spain, by the way. I'm just putting it out there. Well, I've I, said I it a few only, times. I can only assume, man. Why didn't we keep him in the Premier League or Championship? Thank you very much. England. I can only assume there can't have been interest from English clubs because, again, the whole point you would think is that it would be beneficial for him to get some form of English experience, whether it be in the Championship. I'm reading um, I'm reading. He's, he's he's playing out of his skin for for Valencia mm, and he's playing yeah. well. And, uh, but. It doesn't make no difference to me or yeah. us. Like, I mean, what's the yeah. what's the point? He, he's I mean, not learning. No, but there's no doubt about it. I think, obviously, as we, as we all seem to recognise that um, Spurs, obviously, you've massively missed Oliver Skip, Eric Dyer. Just just how crucial coming over to you, Chris? I know you do love Eric Dyer, as you told me a couple of weeks ago. Um, will that make a massive? Dyer. Will that make a massive difference, Chris, having him in that back or back I four or back five? Back three, can ever go. Will make a difference because I think. I think Romero doesn't look comfortable in the centre of that three, right? You mm. want him on, on, yep. on one of the other sides. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. And I think what you get from Eric Dyer is you have pr- actual leadership. You've mm. got somebody who's properly organising you mm. and, and, and looks like he's up for a bit of a fight as well. I mean, so does Romero, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but And that's kind of what you want in your central defence. And I do think we have missed him. And I know... Sort of, you know, and again, it's funny if like people are like, oh my god, can you imagine saying we missed Eric Dyer? But that's only been for the last sort of six or eight months. Before that, we yeah. loved him again, and I've always loved him, as I said to you on several occasions. You um, have told me. And I think <laughs> I'm not. I think Skips. I think Skips a tidy player. I'm not sure he's the answer to our any midfield woes. But I guess the um, the proofs in the pudding, or some other mixed metaphor, in the <laughs> in that we win when he plays. But yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I've, I've seen that, you know, I can see that Hoybier has had a lot of detractors lately. I think he's probably just exhausted because he's played all the games yeah. the whole time. And actually, I think I think he's a good player. I just yeah, think we've I really got to like find our way. We've got, I think we've got to find our way out, our way with him again. Um, and I don't think giving him a rest at, um, at the weekend was a bad thing, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing Dyer back for sure. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, Anna. This has just oh. this quote has just come out in the last few minutes from oh, Antonio yeah. Conte. Um, he has said Tottenham are seeking young players that can develop and grow, not players who are ready. That is the issue. I mean, I mean, I guess in some way, young players have to be ready in some way if they want to develop. I mean, they yeah. have to have a certain level of readiness. But I know what you mean by that. I um, mean, obviously, it's worrying comments. A big, that's a big at the recruitment, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I, I must say these these comments are coming out. Is uh, it at the academy as well then? Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, listen. I mean, I understand that. As I said, I mean that interview earlier on being small. Um, there, it was clear that obviously he's trying to play, um, you know, expectations down. But I just wonder whether that, you know, comments like that when it comes out saying, you know, Tottenham are seeking young players that can develop and grow, not players who are ready. For the players like Bentecure, Kulisevsky that have just come in and they read that and that's from their manager, you know, is, is that productive? Well, I don't know. What I just thought of is that what we were talking about earlier is that that means that we're also planning for the future. So is this like a can't win situation where if we say or someone says that we are looking for the mm. future and we are buying yeah. players, then we're like, oh, why are you not buying something for now? So it's it's yeah. a balancing act. Obviously, we we should need players who are ready to come in. It's really hard yep. to get those kind of players. Um, yep. But we also need youngsters. We can't have just one and just the other. Um, yep. So, yeah, but I, I do think we do need some established professionals who can come in know their job and get on with it but we also need to think about the future so it's just it's a mixed bag I think it's difficult to um to say you know if I think the problem is with interviews whatever what someone says the interviewer or anyone who prints it will then twist it as well and then media Mm. will pick it up and everything so you know he might not have meant it in that sense or depends on the tone he's used as well yeah but um I, th- I think it's fair to say that obviously the snippets that I've just read out in the last few minutes, uh, they're, they're, they are coming out in full length tomorrow. So it looks like Conte has given a, an exclusive interview. Uh, interview but who's, football who's... Ta- football yeah, Italia is where he's giving it to. So um, so obviously again... Levy and co have signed it off. He wouldn't just go beyond it. But do, do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, you mean, I, you mean, you... That. I mean, like, you know. I ain't going to do an interview about Blue without my manager being there. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So Levy or, or someone from the press, press office... PR officer at the, at the club, a liaison officer, would yeah. have been there. So he or she would have would have prompted and Conte. And if they haven't, then we've, there are wider problems, clearly. Mm-hmm. Proper trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we he, know that... He would that have got obviously... signed off, Rickster. Yeah, it would have not, I, I, off, mate. yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, no, I, I, t- I totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, it's when you say, when you hear these things where he has said here, what happened in January was not easy. We lost four players in January, four important players for Tottenham, and we only brought two, and we all and Chris looked at me then, and when I said that, and we were thinking, but hold on, and Don Belayla Celso, they weren't really playing. Deli mm-hmm. Ali wasn't really featuring. Brian Hill's gone out on loan, um, so he said just in terms of numbers, rather than reinforce the squad, we on paper weakened it. So I tell you, it's worrying when you do read that because don't don't, don't read too much into it, really. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mate, well, I'm, I'm not trying to patronise you, mate. Yeah, I'm no, not listen, trying to. I, 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 I just think I just think you're you're worrying over nothing. I think he's he's just telling the truth. I mean, if he was there going, oh my god, I'm so pleased to be at this club, and I'm you know we're going to win the league in a couple of couple of months' time, we'll be all sitting there going, is he absolutely mental? So yeah. just let him do his thing. Let the results, let the football do the talking. If he's if we if we win on Saturday, please. Yeah. Then it all changes. Then then we're going probably lose to Burnley, or then we'll probably go and get a draw against Leeds. But it's football. It's just, it's just what happens, and yeah. I just think you, we just got to get on with it and and support the club, support him, yeah. and support the, the the club that we love. Yeah. Was no, it no, I, I, though as well? Because like, wouldn't it have been done in Italian? So there's uh, also I mean, there's always that argument, as you say, Chris, that maybe of, some of that wording has been twisted. Yeah, and yeah. also just like you know, like making mischief with the translation. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I mean, we always I, know that it, yeah. we, we always know that the quotes that come out first are normally 
the headline grabbing ones, right? And obviously there'll be more context probably to it tomorrow when that comes out. But uh, yeah, like I say, those comments that I've just read out in the last few minutes, uh, they are breaking at the moment. They're they're right out there now. So um, yeah, again, uh, Frank Major, one of our own, says, what is he trying to achieve? Surely it would be easier for him to walk. Or is there another motive? I mean, listen, nobody's... um, I mean, again, the mixture of comments here, there's mixture saying that, you know, he's he's gone rogue there from Luca. Um, But again, until we see the full interview, very difficult to give a context about it. But what we do know is Spurs are playing Man City on Saturday night, and um, we've got to get a prediction. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Anna, wow. looks terif- Anna, looks, Anna looks terrified. Uh, that such a very and, harsh Anna's, <laughs> Anna's, Anna's like, when does this show end? This Wi-Fi is going to go in a minute. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go round and let's close the show of predictions for the fear of uh, any more comments coming out and me having to read them back out to Anne about Antonio Conte. Um, John, we'll start we'll start with actually Anna on this. Anna, oh great, what you, what are you going to go for? Nice and easy one this one. I'm going to sneakily um, steal what Chris said. I'll say one all as well. One all. Okay, interesting. Uh, must say that um, City at the moment have not lost a single match in any competition since December the seventh. Um, so 2012 probably <laughs> probably feels like that to be honest with you and then we look to make it five straight wins at the weekend um, we, we we are aware I think Gabriel Jesus has missed the last four matches due to a muscular injury oh um, Rick but... it don't matter mate <laughs> <laughs> love you you know I love you to death mate I, I adore you I adore you like family don't matter who's injured, mate. They've got a squad. They've got a squad. <laughs> and the, if uh, Jesus is injured, they've got Silva. If Silva's injured, they've got Mares. It, it just doesn't matter. The so good news is Jack, Jack Grealish also might be back from injury for this. Oh, time. brilliant! Oh, fantastic! Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> let's go. Let's go around to Chris. Chris, are we sticking with the one-one? Um. Uh, well, Anna's nicked it now, so I think I'm going to go with a cheeky two-one to us. I can never predict predict that we'll lose. Right. There you go. Chris going for a 2-1 Spurs win. Where is his show going? At the close it with you. Look at that face. Just, Come on, Ant. Come on. I can't bet against my club. I can't bet. Ag- I can't. I can't. 2-1. Well, then don't. 2-1. 2-1. <laughs> Nobody's gone for a defeat, which means I can't go for a defeat. I can't, I can't go for a defeat. Can't no, if I, can't, imagine can't. me going, we're going to get battered 6-0. I'll be getting people going, why are you negative? So I'm just going to try and be positive. <laughs> I'm going to join everybody. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a one-one. Um, and I say we are going to be back on Sunday to review this game. So oh, um, who's on the yeah, show, Rick? A day of a day of. Well, at the moment, scarping <laughs> to find guests to come and do that show. <laughs> who, who wants to come? Everyone's on holiday. Everyone's on holiday. Everyone's put their annual leave requests in. We're scouring <laughs> around. Um, it's been so lovely. I say having everybody on. Um, Chris, just a final reminder. Um, for those that want to, like I say, sign up, be part of Proud Lily Whites, how can I do it very quickly again one more time? Yeah. At Spurs LGBT on Twitter, Proud Lily Whites, Facebook and Instagram and ProudLilyWhites.uk is our website. There's a join button on there. But yeah, get involved, you know, join our social media, buy a raffle ticket, come and see Michael Dawson on next Thursday. <laughs> Great to see you all. Brilliant. And I, oh, I must I say, Richard there, Richard there on the, on the screen, um, are these hard oh, times? Hard scores. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're lucky, Richard, probably there are half time scores. That's after 15 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's come round to Anna. Anna, lovely having you back on the show. Thank um, you. 
where can everybody find your content? And like I say, you're regular, obviously, everyone hears your dulcet tones on uh, Last One Spurs for the Spurs women. Where can everyone find what content you do? I have a YouTube channel, which is called Spurs XY, which also has a Twitter handle. Then my personal is Anna XY Sports, which is also on Instagram. Amazing. Fantastic. Lovely having you back on, Anna. And uh, to the wonderful Anthony Costa, and thank you so much. Legend. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having Legend. me on. I, I, it's been a lo- thank you. It's been lovely to be on with, with Chris and Anna. And uh, it's been it's been a lovely, lovely show. Just, just nice and easy. No yeah. stress. I don't want to... Thank you, ladies. Don't want to scare around everybody else. But um, like I say... Who's, who's, who's not had an injury? Go on. Tell me who's... No, no, who's... I was, I was going to, depending on those Conte comments tomorrow, we could be back with a manager special. Oh, Rick, Rick, I, Rick, we're not, I love you, not. mate. Hopefully I love not. you to death. No, it's fine. Just chill. <laughs> everybody calm. My word. Everybody calm. Everyone's saying, saying, everyone's saying be positive. We're trying to be positive. We're trying to be positive. <laughs> Sanchez will score an own goal from the halfway line. <laughs> Even if he makes the team. Like it's, it's just been... so Spurs, isn't it? It's oh, just so yeah, Spurs. I'll tell you. It's been, I say, really nice tonight. Lovely comments here. So, um, I'll say, from, um, from Chris, from Anna, guys, thank you so much for all your support, all your love. We're back with you on Sunday night, promise you. As always, keep the faith and come on you Spurs. <laughs> come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.